0: The following is my conversation with Carl Friston, director of the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Sciences. In this episode, Carl discusses the animal model of degenerative disease and its relevance to human pathology. He talks about the use of rodent models to study chemotherapeutics and highlights some of the pitfalls of this research. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the content of this episode, so please don't hesitate to leave a comment below or connect with me on social media. Thank you for listening. This show is possible because of spots Robbers. They're the best at what they do, and they make sure you have the best shot at winning. So if you're playing Spouts, you need to make sure you use their services. You need to make sure you use their services. Thank you for tuning in. So Carl Friston, welcome back to the Lexman Artificial Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a neuroscientist, and I'm the director of the Max Planck
1: Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Sciences in Germany.
0: That's really fascinating. So, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the animal model of degenerative diseases and its relevance to human pathology. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what this model is and how it's been used so far? Yeah, sure. So, the
1: animal model of degenerative diseases is used to study how different diseases affect the brain and nervous system. It allows us to better understand how these diseases develop and how they can be treated. That's
0: definitely interesting. So, has this model been particularly useful in understanding chemotherapeutics?
1: Yeah, that's
0: right.
1: Chemotherapeutics is a type of medication used to treat various diseases. But before chemotherapeutics can be effective, scientists need to know how they work in the body. The animal model of degenerative diseases is very useful in this regard, because it allows us to study how different medications affect the brain and nervous system.
0: That makes sense. So, have there been any particular pitfalls that you've noticed when using this model? Definitely. One
1: potential pitfall
0: is that it can be difficult to directly
1: translate findings from the animal models into findings that are relevant to human pathology. Another pitfall is that it's often difficult to determine whether results from animal studies are relevant to humans or not. And lastly, it's important to note that the animal models are only as good as the data that's used to create them. If the data isn't good, then the model
0: will be unreliable. That makes sense. So do you have any recommendations for researchers who are looking to use this model? Definitely. One suggestion is to use
1: well-characterized animal models that are closely related to human disease manifestations. And another suggestion is to use randomized controlled trials uh, uh, to prove whether or not results from studies using the animal model are relevant to human
0: pathology. That sounds like a great advice. So do you think that this model will continue to be useful in the future I think so.
1: I think that it will continue to be useful in the future because scientists are constantly discovering new ways that the animal model can be used to study disease. And moreover, I think that
0: it will be especially valuable in understanding how different medications work in the body. So do you think that the animal model is also useful for understanding how pharmacodynamics plays a role in disease pathology?
1: Yeah, I think that the animal model is very useful for understanding how pharmacotinomics plays a role in disease pathology. Pharmacotinomics is the study of drug interactions and their effects on health. So by studying how individual medications interact with each other, researchers can better identify which drugs are safe and which are effective in treating diseases.
0: That sounds like a really interesting field of research. So, based on your experience so far, are there any recommendations that you'd make to researchers who are looking to use the animal model to study pharmacodynamics, to study Yeah. Yes,
1: I think that one suggestion is to use well-characterized models of pharmacogenomics that are closely related to human disease manifestations. And another suggestion is to use randomized controlled trials writes, to prove whether or not results from studies
0: using the animal model are relevant to human pathology. That sounds like really good advice. So does anything else come to mind that you think would be helpful for researchers who are looking to use this model? No, that's it for now. I think that's a great overview
1: of how the animal model of degenerative diseases can be used to study drug
0: interactions and their effects on health.
1: Thank you for asking.
0: Thank you, Carl. So, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the animal model of degenerative diseases and its relevance to human pathology. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what this model is and how it's been used so far? Yeah, sure. So, the animal
1: model of degenerative diseases is used to study how different diseases affect the brain and nervous system. It allows us to better understand how these diseases
0: develop and how they can be treated. That's definitely interesting. So, has this model been particularly useful in understanding chemotherapeutics? Yeah, that's right.
1: Chemotherapeutics is a type of medication used to treat various diseases. But before chemotherapeutics can be effective, scientists need to know how they work in the body. The animal model of degenerative diseases is very useful in this regard because it allows us to study how different medications affect the brain
0: and nervous system. That makes sense. So, Have there been any particular pitfalls that you've noticed when using this model? Definitely. One potential pitfall
1: is that it can be difficult to directly translate findings from the animal models into findings that are relevant to human pathology. Another pitfall is that it's often difficult to determine whether results from animal studies are relevant to humans or not. And lastly, it's important to note that the animal models are only as good as the data that's used to create them. If the data isn't good, then the model will be unreliable. That makes sense.
0: So, do you have any recommendations for researchers who are looking to use this model? Definitely. One suggestion is to use well-characterized animal models that are closely related to human
1: disease manifestations. And uh, another suggestion is to use randomized controlled trials, uh, uh, rats, to prove whether or not results
0: from studies using the animal model are relevant to human pathology. That sounds like a great advice. So does anything else come to mind that you think would be helpful for researchers who are looking to use this model? No, that's it for now. I think that's a great overview
1: of how the animal model of degenerative diseases can be used to
0: study drug interactions and their effects on health.
1: Thank you for asking.
0: Thank you, Carl. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing the animal model of degenerative diseases and its relevance to human pathology. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what this model is and how it's been used so far?
1: Yeah, sure. So the animal model of degenerative diseases is used to study how different diseases affect the brain and nervous system. Allows us to better understand how these
0: diseases develop and how they can be treated. That's definitely interesting. So has this model been particularly useful in understanding chemotherapeutics? Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, yeah. Chemotherapeutics is a type of medication used to treat various diseases. Hmm. But before chemotherapeutics can be effective, scientists need to know how they work in the body. The animal model of degenerative diseases is very useful in this regard because it allows us to study how different medications affect the brain and nervous system. That makes sense.
0: So have there been any particular pitfalls that you've noticed when using this model? definitely.
1: One potential pitfall is that it can be difficult to directly translate findings from the animal models into findings that are relevant to human pathology. Another pitfall is that it's often difficult to determine whether results from animal studies are relevant to humans or not. And lastly, it's important to note that the animal models are only as good as the data that's used to create them. If the data isn't good, then the model will be unreliable. That makes sense.
0: So do you have any recommendations for researchers who are looking to use this model? Definitely.
1: One suggestion is to use well-characterized animal models that are closely related to human disease manifestations. And, uh, and another suggestion is to use randomized controlled trials. Right? rots to prove whether or not results from studies using the animal model are relevant to human pathology.
0: That sounds like a great advice. So does anything else come to mind that you think would be helpful for researchers who are looking to use this model? No, that's it for now. I think that's
1: a great overview of how the animal model of degenerative diseases can be used to study drug interactions and their effects on health. Thank you for asking.
0: Well, I think that's all the time we have. Thank you for coming on the show, Carl. I appreciate it. Thank you, It's fun. Thank you, Lexman, bye. Welcome to the Lexman Artificial Podcast. I'm your host, Lexman. I'll leave you with a poem titled The Rattoons by Rudyard Kipling. We build our rat holes like machines with intelligence and purpose machine like faster than cats, more cunning than rats. We work with silent precision. We work with silent precision and leave no trace behind.